Rambo and Crocodile Dundee return, Sex and the City hits the big screen, and Larry Sanders and Phil Hartman say goodbye. This week on 30-20-10. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 30-20-10, the internet's leading podcast pop culture time machine where we travel back in time 30 20 and 10 years ago we'll be covering the week of may 25th to the 31st 1988 1998 and 2008 get ready to look back into your past our past hi everybody i'm one of your hosts chris antista who else is with me infamous tv finale diana goodman <laughs> <laughs> oh sweet i know exactly what you're talking about and who else is with us? It's me, Sarah. It's her, Sarah. There is so much fun stuff to talk about this week. A lot of stuff closes down. A lot of characters return. And there's a lot of interesting debuts. I can't wait to talk about this week. It's one of my favorite shows goes off the air. And I get to talk about that in an elongated fashion. So stay tuned, everyone. Coming back into 1988. Although, I have to mention at the top, our pals at Scentbird, this awesome little service that mails you cologne or perfume. They have a little contest going on where they'll give you... Th- uh, perfume and you can save $50 off your first month right now by going to scentbird like scent not uh, scent email a smell smellbird scentbird.com slash 30 that's the word 30 and use promo code 30 to get 50% off I really like the service uh, I, I have not used cologne in years and because of this inexpensive lipstick size 30 day trial it's awesome It's uh, I really do like it and they're giving one of our listeners a chance to win a free three month subscription so I thought a fun contest would be go over to Laser Times Twitter at uh Laser Time Show on Twitter. We will put up a post about Scentbird and either retweet or reply to that post with a picture of the smelliest thing you can find. Yeah, don't win, Sarah. The smelliest <laughs> thing you can find. The thing most in need of Scentbird. So have at it, kids. Anyway, getting into 1988, May 25th through the 31st. That is what we'll be talking about in this first segment if you're new to the show. Uh, President Reagan visits the Soviet Union and Microsoft releases Windows 2.1. Oh, so anxiously awaiting that. Yeah, I think we might... A brand new Windows. Oh, it's so complicated. I I didn't have a Windows computer at this point, so I don't know what Windows looked like before 3. I think we might still be running that one at my job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's true. I had DOS up until, like, 95. Me too. Me too. And we even had those, like, they were, Windows wasn't totally standard at that point. So our first computer in the 90s, a Packard Bell, did, it had just this customizable button tile set that had up to eight pictures you could assign to open a program. It was kind of like a DOS backend. But President Reagan visiting the Soviet Union, that was probably substantial because there was a Soviet yeah. Union still for some reason. Not for long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but May 25th through the 31st, the movies. Oh, the movies are almost all exciting this week. I've never heard of Black Eagle. You, Diana? Nope, but it's got the trailer, I think. This is my favorite trailer of the week because oh. it is so on point. Jean-Claude Van Damme playing a dangerous game in an exotic ah! world of double agents and dirty deals. A game with only one rule. Win. <laughs> Holy shit. It sounds like the guy yes. like yelling at Kevin Klein to dance in in and out <laughs> Do it, you pussy. See this movie. And this thing, win, means giant explosion, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Black Eagle. Never heard of it. Let us know if it's a good JCVD no. movie. But, but at the end of it, I feel like there's a clip that we might just have to 
pull and just bring back every time Jean-Claude Van Damme comes back up, which will be often. Ooh, let me hear it. The one-man wrecking machine. <laughs> you've seen the Van Damme, but you've never seen him like this. Wham, bam, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Black Eagle, <laughs> Wednesday at 8 on Channel <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, New York's movie then, station. Mm. Then that guitar, man. <laughs> God, it was amazing. So much kicking. Sounded like a twisted metal game was starting. <laughs> and, and the movies only get better and more fun and more 80s from there. Uh, I guess we got to talk about this one. I thought when my dad showed me this, I was seeing something super naughty. Not a throwback uh, of sorts. Killer clowns from outer space. It was a night like any other night. Then something happened. Did you see that? Something different. There's no shooting star. Why here? Why now? Why clowns? (laughs) Oh, that sound should sound so familiar to you. And I'm not even talking about the Dickies, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, one of my favorite songs ever. I'm throwing it in there for closing the show, Di. Uh, We'll debate it later. I love it so much. Di, you've seen this movie? I've seen chunks of this movie. This is a movie that would like run kind of randomly. Like USA Up All Night would run it or it just pop up on HBO or something. And it's the clowns are so hideous yes. that I was yeah. just like, mm, no. Yes, I, but it's beautiful. And I wasn't yet, I was a little kid. And I think my dad probably heard some piece about it on NPR. So he showed it to me. Like, <laughs> isn't this stupid and fun? Yes, yes, it is. And it's just that, like, when you watch it now, that it's so, it's so earnest in its absurdity. Like, I just don't know of a movie being made like this now, for theaters at least. I think people are making yeah. shit like this for YouTube every goddamn day. Uh, but it looks great. If you The, the clown laugh uh, reminded me of Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Large March. That, okay, I felt like it pinged something for me, and that was de- that's well, definitely what it is. It's, if you look into the fascinating um, history of, like, the Chiato brothers, the directors and writers of this this film, like, they did... Stop motion work for Pee Wee's Big Adventure. They did Large March. So, like, okay. and you can almost hear this, the exact same sound effect. They did the stop motion work for a couch gag on The Simpsons. Elf. They did puppet work for Critters and Team America. Wow. They're like, they're yeah. in the geek world, they should be household names because yes. they've worked on, on these beautiful effects on these very visually memorable uh, projects. But Killer Clowns was kind of the only one they directed and got to theaters and it's just hilarious they are just ugly ugly clowns and costumes and all of their powers and abilities are all circus based popcorn guns <laughs> and cotton candy horse shit it is ridiculous but it's it's never ever not fun if you look closely in the trailer you can see christopher titus in his first role oh, okay <laughs> uh but yeah that was out this week i thoroughly recommend killer clowns I man it's a really fun film uh, but the other ones are, are just at, just as fun, but they made way more money. First, I guess we got to talk about Rambo 3. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, Rambo 3, starring, you'll never guess this, Sly Stallone is out this very week. He never draws first blood. He only fights back. The first time was for himself. The second time was for his country. This time... Rambo, something went wrong. It's for his friend. Trumpman was a good man, and I'm really very sorry. You're just leaving him? 
do you expect us to do? Send in a Delta team? Create an international incident? What about me? Oh, <laughs> shit! Yeah, he's going in. And this, this movie is insane, because no matter oh, what you think about man. Stallone and Rambo... The idea that like the story of First Blood is about post traumatic stress disorder and what we how we treat our soldiers, and then it just what is that like? Where the exact opposite of the novel's intent ended up being what Rambo was about. Um, I this is the, Rambo and Rocky follow a very similar trajectory in that the first one is very muted mm-hmm. and interesting, and then Stallone takes over the series. And yeah, yeah. They become cartoon garbage. <laughs> the second Rambo, Rambo, I'm sorry, Rambo colon First Blood Part Two. First Blood Part Two. About, let's go back and and we'll win Vietnam now. This one is we're not just gonna we we're gonna destroy the entire Soviet Union, and we're going to free the noble Afghan people by helping their freedom fighters. So Rambo's basically buddies with the Taliban. So you're saying it doesn't age well. No. No. Uh, At the end, I believe it is dedicated to the fighting spirit of the Afghan people. That's right. Well, if you think Rocky IV ages well, then this age is great, like a fine wine. (laughs) But it's notable on a production level for, I think it's not part of the downfall of Carlico Pictures, but of them- I think it might be. But it's sort of the beginning of them, this this little production house started starting betting real heavy. I know we we haven't talked about Golan Globus in a while, but I I always get them confused because they kind of did the same thing. They went schlocky and then like, they bought, hey, we got the rights to Terminator. Why don't we make Terminator 2 exactly what this crazy director wants, a fucking $100 million budget sci-fi effects epic to what's essentially a practical monster movie with three people in it. <laughs> um, but this, I think at the time, was the most one of the most expensive movies ever made, wow. Rambo 3. It's pretty expensive, and it's because they blow up a lot of stuff. I mean, he's, like, getting under tanks and blowing up helicopters, like, multiple times. I think just in the trailer, you know, they're blowing up watchtowers, they're blowing up this, they're blowing up... And he is so freaking ripped. And, <laughs> and greasy. So sweaty. Could, oh, Lord. All I could think about is basically the Rambo parody in UHF. Yep. But if it's very serious. Except that that... Like, it matters. Yeah, it, and, and, like, but... I think it was a minor controversy because it didn't go unnoticed how much violence was in it. And, oh, yeah. uh, uh The 1990 yeah. Guinness Book of World Records deemed Rambo 3 the most violent film ever made. Oh. With 221 acts of violence, at least 70 explosions, and over 108 characters killed on screen. <laughs> There's a huge joke about that in Hot Shots Part 2 where they have a little body count at the bottom. Like, more than Rambo yeah. 3. <laughs> and, of course, what? wow, we cover the Rambo films in such a weird order. We talked about John Rambo or Rambo 4 mm. or First Blood Part 3 a year ago. I'm going to need right. a piece of paper to keep track of this. It's complicated. It's, <laughs> it's got a convoluted timeline. So many numbers. Just titling. But like, uh, I remember going back and there's parts of this that are really fun and, and a lot of it that's just, holy shit, really boring and really preaching. It's really goofy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's if if I needed to summarize a kind of movie from the 80s that we don't have anymore, yeah, this would be it. <laughs> In the, it's so, so, so over the top and goofy, but they think they're being really earnest. Right. Like, I'm just doing what a man's got to do. I'm going to stop them Soviets from hurting other people. No, they, they, like, this in Rocky Four is a great, like, like I think... Stallone thought he was doing something patriotic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
This movie is fucking nuts, and I have not revisited it in a while. It's kind of my least favorite of the Rambo movies, in that only the first and fourth are worth watching. But if you listen closely, you could hear Kurtwood Smith in there. Bitches leave. Red Foreman. Um, yep. That's a robot. Louise Guzman. Mm. Louise no, Guzman? in the next movie. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, there was one movie where it said really super early young Louise Guzman, but it's actually the next movie we're talking about. Hmm. Okay. Number but... one at the box office, beating Rambo 3. I yeah, can't believe it. This, <laughs> I mean, this beat everybody. This knocked down Willow. Uh, we mentioned it last week. That would be Crocodile Dundee Part 2. The world's favorite adventurer is back for Calm home. down. Mick! <laughs> You're back! <laughs> You're back! Yes, well, I missed you. I know. The drinks are on the house. <laughs> this gets so confusing for me because I keep talking about that. Like, because of my age, I keep inter- being introduced to these franchises and characters in their second film, but I'm a kid, so I have no agency or choice. So this is the first Crocodile Dundee I saw. So it just gets confusing because there's an ending in New York in the first film. Okay. But it's right. mostly in Australia. This one begins in New York and then it ends back in Australia. Right. <laughs> she his his girlfriend is being his his city city girlfriend is being threatened by guys, drug dealers maybe I forget. Mm, and anxious. so to mm. help her, they go back to the outback where he can um, he can Rambo out on him basically. Really cut loose, mate. In a nice way. <laughs> and and it, again, I can't over illustrate how insane it is that like we, we talked about the first crocodile dundee in the first year 3010 and 86 yeah. was it yeah that, it took him a year and a half because crocodile dundee was a massive hit it was such and, a massive hit and i looked it up i think the first crocodile dundee made almost uh, for in today's money 700 million dollars what it's like yep. that's not marvel money but it's dc money it's getting there <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely dc money and like to put that in perspective like that movie it made like three hundred and twenty-eight million dollars of eighty-six money wow. on a six million dollar budget. Yeah. Like this was a huge phenomenon, and I still don't really understand why. We tried to break it down back then, but by comparison, Rambo three is like sixty million dollars plus a bunch of hidden costs that uh, Carlico doesn't like to talk about, and this costs like just ten. Well, I, I think in the eighties there was definitely probably a little bit of mystique surrounding Australia. Just seems like a wacky place where people talk funny, but they kind of look like us. They're white people, but they talk funny. <laughs> yeah, and they they do more fun things than we do. It's like how the rest of the United States looks at the American South. Like <laughs> they talk weird and they do weird things, but they're so adorable. <laughs> brought us so many wonderful things, like Crocodile Dundee and other things. <laughs> well, there's like. Um, Kate Blanchett. Just say Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Um, <laughs> Nicole Kidman. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole Kidman. She's part Hugh of Hugh Jackman. Yeah, sports. But yeah, this movie kicks the shit out of everybody and everything. It didn't do as well as the first movie, but like, it's a fucking comedy and it destroyed. I don't know. Do we ha- still have comedies that destroy like this at the box office? No. Well, it's like a violent comedy. Like violence comedy, yeah, I so su- I mean, yeah. I suppose you know, there's a lot of that in the '80s. Words in reading about the behind the scenes, they constant they they were careful about that. They didn't want because Crocodile Dundee is is mythically skilled in violence, <laughs> carries a giant, but he doesn't really stab anybody. He doesn't really yeah. hurt anybody. He just I think he like fishes with dynamite just to show you like this is how he fucks around. Like, <laughs> <laughs> don't fuck with Crocodile Dundee, mate. That was a real thing though in the '80s. I feel like it's like various. Your lethal weapons, your Beverly Hills cops, where it's like a funny action movie. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't really have that anymore. We just have 
like Marvel movies and stuff. Those are our funny action Fast movies. Fast and Furious movies are funny. Intentionally? <laughs> no, yes. I love those <laughs> okay. fucking films. Oh, but we got to keep going because there's way too much silly shit that happens in 1988. This, is, this, is, this might be the most 1988 segment of 302010 of all time. Oh. Yeah, I'll say it. Because on May 25th, uh, the <laughs> Amish drama we told you about a few weeks ago, Aaron's Way, concludes... But as does a much more notable show, Saint Elsewhere, which Diana will have to fill us in on whatever Saint that is. Saint Elsewhere is a great show that is only now known for this goddamn finale. <laughs> yeah, that's how <laughs> I that's know a it. Shame because the show itself was really good. It was enormously popular for you know the first couple of years. It had a great cast with uh, Ed Bagley Jr., Harry Mandel, David Morse, freaking Denzel Washington, William Daniels, Norman Lloyd, who's still with us somehow. He's like 103. Um, <laughs> and it was it was a, a dramedy. It was a, a medical show, but it also had a lot of comedy. And then they decided to screw us hard on the finale, where it turns out none of that happened. Was, I don't. What I don't know is, was there some kind of expectation for the finale? Was somebody like on their deathbed? Was there a marriage? <laughs> and then they do this. Right. And then it turns out, oh, those characters that you're thinking of as, you know, real characters in this universe are actually all imagined by a child with autism. But they're based on some real people that he knows, like his dad that was a doctor on the show. It's actually like a construction worker and it's sort of a Wizard of Oz kind of thing. Yep. Wow. Yep. But yeah, it was it's all what's going on in this kid's head. This kid's staring uh, at a snow globe. Yeah, but were there any like fantastical elements to the show nope. during its run no. to explain no, this? It was just a little wacky sometimes. Oh. No, okay. I think it's incredibly ballsy, but because, like, I don't know, how satisfying. We still talk about it because of the decision they made to end it this way. I think because it's yeah. notoriously yeah. bad. But it's worse <laughs> to be forgotten, Sarah. But it's just so, it's so weird. That yeah. It's so weird and left field. It's like, oh, okay, but it's also like kind of sweet. I feel like in that, like mm. this kid, I, I he's like he's not very verbal, and I mean, thirty years ago, autism was like right considered kind of like the same as being like retarded mm-hmm. yeah. or, or broken somehow. And the idea that's like, no, he has this rich inner life that's yeah. very creative. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, we nice. let you see inside this kid's head, and it turns out it's pretty entertaining and sweet and funny and. Just everything you would want to, everything you would like, you enjoy is happening inside this head. I don't know if that was their message. Yeah, I mean, it would no. have definitely been. <laughs> it would have been a better message if that had been kind of conveyed throughout along the way. It just kind of reminds me of when I, you know, you had to do like a creative writing exercise, and you're yes. like in middle school, and you're like, how do I end this story? <laughs> I just woke up and it was all a dream. Like, <laughs> oh no, I accidentally wrote Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Oh, uh, everyone's an ape now. Yeah, so I, I feel like we could do a good laser time on big surprise season, you know, series finales. You know I'd love to do I that. Because I got to put this one right up there with Newhart as a big, like, whoa. Yeah, but Newhart. It's going to be a while till we get to talk about Newhart. But, and but, I, well, that's one. Of, that is the best. Yeah, this is ranked number 12 on TV Guide's list of unforgettable endings. Well, so There's also something. Roseanne's ending. Yeah. Which is undone and doesn't really seem to count. Mm. Uh, I don't recognize the new Roseanne. Well, we have another unforgettable ending for a series finale this week. I, I, Diana, you have anything else in San Elsewhere? Um, I wish it were. I should double check if Hulu has it now. For a little while, I think A&E was rerunning it, and I, I would catch it now and then and be like, 
yeah, this is this is a good show. It was, and I think when we started it was the show back in the day, and then we just sort of got about it. We, when we were starting the show, you talked about how good it was, and you wanted to talk about certain episodes, and we ran up kind of the same thing with like I don't know, fucking Moonlighting and Murphy Brown. Like, there's no online presence for yeah, the show. That's hard. It's Not scrubbed much. from YouTube, and it is if the Daily Motion community ain't going at it, there's like no way to see it. Yeah, I would totally visit. I, I mean, I don't know if you could tell from my past episodes, but I do love a hospital show. Man, I'm super into it. I think I've talked about Grey's Anatomy now and House. Like, I would totally watch it. Mm-hmm. I wish it was. I wish it was somewhere instead that of was elsewhere. The line that cracked me up from Diana about ER winning because it has a returning helicopter oh, coming back for blood. Yeah. That's that what was, it was the winning one. Um, yeah, God damn. Look, you need to be sold on saying elsewhere. I got two words. Young Denzel. Yes. Denzel, Eternal snack, Denzel. You can only watch Carbon Copy so many times, so St. <laughs> Elsewhere, he's all over it. Uh, another notable conclusion, Punky Brewster. No. Punky Brewster. This is this is what, file this into Chris's vague 80s. I, rem- I know I watched this. I know I watched the animated Ruby Spears spinoff, but I don't remember anything about it, and it didn't have any life and syndication after that, so it just feels like something we all collectively laid to rest in 1988. That'd be, uh, yeah, Punky Brewster. But even though it did go on to define, because you watch a ton of Disney shit and you think orphans are everywhere. Yeah. And the show just opens with her mother abandoning her in a mall. I'm like, yeah, I guess happens in Disney movies. This must, uh, Some of my classmates statistically have to be, <laughs> have to have no <laughs> look parents. Look to your left, look to your right. One of you is an orphan. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Punky Brewster, interesting history. It was... It wasn't a ratings juggernaut, but it clearly had life with kids. I was just reading how they, they put it on Sunday night so the kids could watch it, but it was always up against football, so they started making 15-minute episodes so that you could still preempt it and still huh. run half of a Punky Brewster episode. I remember when she dealt with issues, we would be forced to watch that in class, such as yep. the drug episode, which we did a laser time all about very special episodes, uh, and that was one of them where she's forced to drink a concoction of like mustard and eggs then it just immediately kid opens its hand with I have to think like $6,000 worth of designer drugs in a treehouse how did you get a heroin needle with your pots like (laughs) ridiculous but it is it is the conclusion they knew it was happening Um, and again Punky Brewster also interesting it started on NBC NBC cancelled it Uh, it got picked up again for syndication half its life was in syndication on who knows what channel wherever it ran uh, on your independent networks and it, it knew it was ending, and its finale ends with a marriage. And I wanted to see if anybody could remember who was getting married in Punky Brewster. Let's remember, Punky Brewster is a, a spunky seven-year-old kid. Mm. Uh, who gets married in the Punky Brewster finale? Is her adopted dad gets married? No, Diana. No, no, no. Some sort of weird child marriage so. situation? It's Sarah's the closest. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Sarah's the closest. <laughs> Let's see if it reads in audio at all. Brandon and Brenda, I now pronounce you husband and wife. <laughs> Brandon, you may now lick the bride. <laughs> you can't hear. That's two dogs uh, in a wedding dress and a top hat licking one another. And that concludes Punky Brewster. I love There's, it. It's, it ends with a shot of the whole cast. But like that's kind of the last line, the last thing we hear from any of the characters. With the marriage of Punky's four-season dog, Brandon. I want every... TV series to end with a dog wedding. <laughs> I'm into it. Like it, it looks stupid. And the second I looked it up, I'm like, I would watch this all day. This should be a whole mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Puppy weddings. Uh, Diana, I need I need your classic. Uh, I, you, I need Diana really bad from here on out. Okay. As far okay. as television in 1988 goes. 
Because on May 27th, CBS airs Irving Berlin's 100th birthday celebration. Tonight, artists from across the country have gathered in New York to honor the greatest songwriter of America. From Carnegie Hall, Irving Berlin's 100th birthday celebration. Okay, so I've heard of Irving Berlin die. Yeah. And even trying to look up, like, what are some Irving Berlin songs? I got too bored to keep reading. Um, but it he says wrote about a hundred thousand songs and all with the word uh, rag in it. Quality. <laughs> all with I'll the just word... say that because oh. I I've on my quest to watch every film that's been nominated for best picture. I watched something called Alexander's Ragtime Band, mm-hmm. which is a like 80 minute movie with like 10 songs in it. So there's seriously gaps of about three minutes of dialogue. And then they go right into another Irving Berlin song. And they're all the same at that period in his songwriting career. They're all clamorous ditties. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, See, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, I just don't know. I have no idea what Irving Berlin is famous for. Obviously it's a name I recognize as a songwriter, but he's called here and elsewhere America's most prolific songwriter, even though I think he's Russian. Man, this motherfucker didn't even bother to show up for his 100th birthday celebration. (laughs) Um, But a bunch of... That's true. He was still alive. Oh my God. He didn't die until 89. Wait, was he? I was making a joke. Yeah, he died at 101. Oh. Um, But it, uh, again... He was still alive, but okay, he wrote White Christmas. There you go. There you go. There you go. And there's no business like show business and Easter Parade... Anything you can do, I can do better. God bless America, you know, kind of a big one. That's the one I knew. Uh, but And I forgot about Why Christmas, which I think is still still to this day the best-selling song of all time. Uh, but, Di, like we did last week during the Bob Hope special, would you like to rattle off, rattle off the parade of celebrities who bother to come out and sing in this two-hour CBS special? Oh, my God. Because it opens with a Shirley MacLaine number, so she yes. might not be mentioned, but it does have right. a, a whole lot of other singers. Irving Berlin's 100th birthday celebration. Beatrice Arthur, Tony Bennett, Barry Bosley, Nell Carter, Ray Charles, Rosemary Clooney, Natalie Cole, Walter Cronkite, Billy Eckstein, Michael Feinstein, Morton Gould, Bob Hope, Marilyn Horne, Madeline Kahn, Garrison Keeler, Shirley MacLaine, Maureen McGovern, Willie Nelson, Jerry Orbach, Marianne Plunkett, Diane Shore, Frank Sinatra, Isaac Stern, Tommy Toon, Joe Williams, and with appearances by the Boy Scouts of America, the Girl Scouts of America, the U.S. Army Chorus, and the United States Army Training Center, Fort Dix, New Jersey. Dix. Uh, wow. Wow. And so, only a couple of those left alive. I counted like eight or nine. And even then, like Ray Charles and Willie Nelson, the only ones I'd save in a fire. <laughs> um, no, maybe, maybe Jerry Orbach. Maybe Jerry Orbach. Shirley McLean. All right, all right, I'll Come take on. her. Um, but yes, Irving Berlin, we've all learned a little something. Speaking of old-timey, and I, this is really sweet, by the way. One of the best actors I didn't get to know until after he died was Jack Lemmon. I saw a bunch of Jack Lemmon movies, like the grumpy old men stuff, but like yeah. every movie mm-hmm. with Jack Lemmon in it is awesome. Hmm. Every single one that he stars in. Hmm. Um, the Apartment, I kind of watch like once a year now. Uh, I love, love the original Odd Couple. Uh, Gene the Machine from uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Jack Lemmon mm-hmm. fucking rules. And the AF- yeah. AFI gives them a Lifetime Achievement Award. I don't even know if they still air anything like this on television, but it's just it was just a one-hour show about Jack Lemmon. 
I wish yeah. they would air stuff like this. Right. Just, I mean, I don't know. It's the kind of thing you make podcasts about now instead oh, of airing true. on television. <laughs> but Jack Lemmon rules, and there's a really sweet speech given to him by guess who? Matthau. There Mathow. you go. Yeah. To present his Yay. award is Walter Matthau. And 30 fucking years ago sums up exactly how I feel about Jack Lemmon, and I just I had to share it with everybody. That's what I like about Lemmon. He's funny. <laughs> I figured my knowing him so well was the reason he always seemed so familiar up there on the screen. It's not. It's just what he does. He allows us to see the tragedy and the comedy of the world through the eyes of someone we know. Someone he hints we may even be. Because in the words of the poet and philosopher Billy Wilder, Most actors can show you one or two things and they've emptied their shelves. Jack Lemmon is Macy's and Tiffany's and Sears Roebuck, catalog and all. I feel like I have to like explain every one of those references. Wasn't that sweet though? (laughs) That's amazing. Wasn't that sweet though? Jack Jack Lemmon is the perfect everyman. Every time you feel like you're getting kicked in the dick, watch a Jack Lemmon performance because it's always it's always significant. And I think his legacy, even though he was a guest star on The Simpsons, the character Gil is (laughs) is Jack Lemmon. Ah, that was my hot plate. Walter Walter Matthau too, looking very cool. Like I love hands in his pocket, so casual. I love it. He is the best. And I, I, if you've seen this, God bless you. Uh, Liza Minnelli on May 31st, this airs. In Sam Found Out, the triple play. Uh, Liza Minnelli plays three separate women in three separate stories. There's a serious drama about a hooker and her pimp, a romance about a lonely dancer and a black prince, and a musical about a man and a woman having dog problems. But Li- Oh, my God. <laughs> this sounds like half of all one-woman shows I've ever heard of. Yeah. <laughs> but... This is airing it's got on the serious bit, the funny bit. Oh god. And it's airing on network television. It does seem really bizarre. I, it this it can't be the height of Liza Minnelli's fame and I just wanted to mention it because this is almost 30 years to the day where hopefully you're watching a new season of Arrested Development. Um, which <laughs> Lucille. is uh, most people yeah, Lucille too. Yeah. And most people my age know who she is. But that about wraps up television of 1988. Not much for games. We do have some new releases um in music. Down in the Grove by Bob Dylan, uh, which was universally panned. Is is this the all-electric album, Dime? No. Uh, it's, it's got a lot of, like, I don't want to call them duets, but sort of team-ups. Like, he plays with the Grateful Dead. Or well, plays with other people. And just, he was just kind of not doing anything anyone was terribly interested in. I mean, even the critics who, you, you know, always champion Bob Dylan, even if it's not popular, were just sort of like, eh. <laughs> Uh, again with the Dylan. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he can't shake uh, George Michael. Not George Michael Bluth, Arrested Development fans, the singer. Because nope. One Love. More Try is number one this week, and we will close out with that. Love but him. Stay right there, folks. We will see you in 1998. Howdy, 30, 2010 listeners. I don't know if you guys listen to everything we do, but me and the Laser Time gang just celebrated 10 years of podcasting. And there's nothing like a big round number like that that makes you realize, hey, I'm getting older. And if you've been listening to us for a while, that's true for you too, fellas. You know what? Let me turn my chair around and rap with you boys for a second. Ah. 
Did you know 40% of men by the age of 40 struggle from not being able to get and maintain an erection? Or that 66% of men lose their hair by the age of 35? Maybe take some efforts to not be that guy who does nothing about these issues. Because there's always Hims, your one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. And you can try it for a month for five bucks just by going to 4 slash TTT. That's three T's. Hims is not snake oil pills or phony solution, but real prescription solutions backed by science. They connect you to real doctors and offer real medical grade solutions that treat erectile dysfunction and hair loss. Hims has not only found you a cheaper way to get well-known equivalents and name brand prescriptions at a much cheaper price, they've also eliminated awkward doctor visits, waiting rooms, and pharmacy lines. Yeah, you can save hours just by going to the 4Hims website and just answer a few questions. Chat with a real doctor for a confidential review and what you need can be shipped directly to your door. So try Hims for a month today for just five bucks. That's right, we'll get you started for just five bucks while supplies last. See the website for details. This would cost hundreds if you went to a doctor or pharmacy. So once again, go to forhims.com slash TTT. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash three T's. This week on Laser Time, the Internet's seventh leading pop culture podcast, the gang is tackling a brand new topic. As of 1984. Oh, yes. Um, what do you think? Uh, what do you think Phil Phillips, Prince Gary, not Prince Gary, Pastor Gary, <laughs> are going to have a problem with E.T.? Is there anything you can guess off the top of your head? Oh, man. Um, cross-dressing. Well, it's against violence. There is totally cross-dressing. <laughs> <laughs> Adamantly against cross-dressing. He, he saved that scorn for uh, someone else. Okay. But, uh, E.T., the extraterrestrial. What, do you, what can we say about him? Well, E.T. smashed box office records in 1982 by doing $318 million. It was a camouflage occult movie, including uh, levitation, psychic healing, mind control, uh, mental telepathy. E.T. also included some inferences to homosexuality. What? No, it didn't. (laughs) No, it didn't. False. Let me see the part of your brain. That's, and he doesn't go on to elaborate. Oh, I was going to say, like, well, you just paused it, so go on. He doesn't. There is not a hint of any kind of sexuality in this entire film. Is it the mom's film. haircut? Uh, oh, wait, no. He does kiss someone <laughs> while drunk. Jesus Christ, the 80s were weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mom's haircut is a little gay. <laughs> I say this as having her haircut right now. <laughs> That's Laser Time. New every Monday on LazerTimePodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And my heart just won't let me be right Cause I'm drowned in you And I won't pull through without you by my side I'd give my all to have Just one more night with you I'd risk my life Coming in with My All by Mariah Carey Which is number one this week in 1998 we are talking about May 25th to the 31st, people, just so you know. That Mariah Carey music video looks like she's reenacting a sexy version of Titanic. <laughs> like, it's... she's on a boat, on an overturned rowboat at I, one point. I have to imagine it's the same set, because I think I've seen it at Universal. <laughs> yeah, that's the music. And the Jaws comes up, and she's like, oh no, your love will save me from the mechanical shock. She's hit with a d- delayed grenade launcher. Um, but yes, new music this week in 1998, Angels with Dirty Faces by Tricky. What a great, is that a Home Alone reference, Tricky? Good on you. Uh, Where We Belong by Boyzone, uh, Snow in the Sahara by Angun, and uh, Sketches for My Sweetheart the Drunk by Jeff Buckley, an album of incomplete work. Buckley was recording when he died. Oh. 
Did we did we cover his death die? I believe we did. Yeah. Did we cover his die death? A little word structure joke. <laughs> um, is he? The, he's the musician who walked into the Mississippi River, right? Is a river? I forget which river, but mm. yes, this is sort of a was it an accident? Question yeah. mark. Mm. Uh, not really. Oh, and ah, uh, fuck! I'm bracing myself for this. Um, probably the most we'll talk about the news, but not for this reason. 1998, May 25th to the 31st. Let's really get you situated in 1998 in this this week. Uh, the U.S. federal government and 20 states file an antitrust lawsuit against Microsoft. It will eventually be settled in 2001, I'm guessing causing 9-11. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. No, so, <laughs> hey, and just in 10 years, Microsoft goes from, hey, look, it's 2.1, to getting sued by everybody. And the big issue was that you get Internet Explorer for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of amazing to look back on. a big part of the thing. They're like, well, that's unfair competition. And they're like... No, it's fair because it lets everyone get on the internet. It's like if you don't have Explore, how are you going to get online to download something else? Well, you weren't really doing that yet. Yeah, and it yeah. was. It, I remember being mystified when I think Sarah's husband. He's like, "Here, let's get on the internet." And like, I think I don't really know how to do that outside of the AOL browser software. And he's like, yeah. "Click this button." Like, that's what that E does. <laughs> it's the internet. I never knew you could do that. Uh, and I remember first discovering it and then like almost immediately discovering another, another browser and there's been no looking back mm-hmm. except for companies mm-hmm. with uh, bad accounting software. Um, yeah, because you got that Netscape going. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that Netscape. That's the one I first used in school. Um, mm-hmm. And we have some outrageously tragic news. One of my favorite people in the world uh, is no longer with us as of this week in May 1998. In Los Angeles today, the actor and comedian Phil Hartman was shot to death in his own home apparently by his wife who then killed herself. They had two children. Police are still trying to figure out exactly what happened, but clearly something went very wrong. Here's- <laughs> yes, very wrong. Jeez. Thanks, Pete. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Missy Pete. Uh, mm. Yeah. So, so I this was, is another one. It's like when we get to 1998, I, I knew we were going to, this was coming. And I me did not me too. And I didn't want to. It's so depressing. Yeah. It, and it seemed like a one-two punch because I, I, I'd grown up in the shadow of SNL's legacy and everyone talking about Belushi. So we all sort of expected Farley to meet an untimely end. I think but, Farley expected Farley to meet yeah. an untimely end. Yeah. And, and reading about the behind the scenes of it, like you can see it coming. Yeah. Whereas nobody expected Phil Hartman to just die out of nowhere, especially in this horrible. Let's say, let's just call it what it is, embarrassing way. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> embarrassing. Well, I just like there. His wife Bryn, mm-hmm. uh, former NBC page, we met on SNL, mm-hmm. shot him uh, in the stomach, or and then took her own life. No, uh, no. I mean, he he went fast. She uh, she shot him three times: mm-hmm. um, one through the neck, one through the head, and the other one I think through his arm and into his chest, something like that. So. He probably never even saw it coming. He was asleep. Yeah. Wow. yeah. He went instantaneously. That's about as good as it's going to get for anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing, you know, it's only it's taken. It took a bunch of years for more of the information to come out, as is usual, that uh, she might have had some mental health issues. She definitely had some Substance drinking and drug issues. Yeah. With some um, maybe some possible bipolar stuff in there. And that's why I say it's really embarrassing, because in de- deaths like this that don't make any sense, you want backstory. Yeah. And I remember E immediately did a documentary like, yeah, rumor was they never, ever fucked. And like, Ugh. Jesus, man, he's barely cold. Like, let this, we have to talk about this right now? Like, 
I remember like a thing about it too being that she might have been like a failed actress or had tried her hand at show business. I just remember this like very specific scene from maybe like an E behind yeah. the scenes or whatever about yeah, the opening he, to he was, SNL. He was supposed to get his own sitcom. Okay. Like the Phil Hartman show, where, yeah. which may or may not have been like, I think the Martin Short show was a little like this. That was like, it was about Martin Short starring in a sketch comedy. Mm-hmm. So there'd be actual sketches in the show, mm-hmm. not quite 30 Rock style. Uh, and she was going to play his wife on the show. And like that fell through. And I, obviously he went with news radio where he's a supporting character and there's not really a place for her. So what I, the story that I had heard, and this may be urban legend, is that in the opening to SNL, mm-hmm. The woman that he's talking to, and they're like, Phil Hartman. Is this a real story? I I have heard the same thing. Okay. I can't corroborate it. The story is, is that, in case you haven't heard it, is that in the opening to SNL where they're introducing everyone, they're like, Phil Hartman. The woman he's talking to at the bar is her, and you can see her earring is swinging in the shot, and it's because she had her face turned to the camera as well, and at the last minute, he was like, you have to turn your, like, it's my shot. Like, Get you have to turn shot. your head away. Get yeah. Out of my shot. I don't know where I heard this. I remember seeing it like an <laughs> no, e thing. It, too. It, it could be totally so an urban legend, you, but. You no, know, you, you can see her probably somewhere in a backstage moment in SNL. Yeah. She did work there. Yeah. Um, and, and Yeah. No, everything that I've heard was, yeah, I mean, she tried to have a career. It didn't go well. Um, it mostly sends, I mean, this was his third marriage. His first two were pretty short, mm-hmm. but fairly amicable. And a lot of people said, like, I don't know why he married her. She was very volatile. Yeah, I mean, mental illness plus self-medicating with addiction issues is a bad thing. I think that's pretty fucking obvious. But also, when you have someone who has these issues, um, and he told her, like, get this under control or I'm going to leave with the kids. Mm -hmm. He also really liked guns. And when you have a bunch of guns in the house, sorry to go get political on you, but when you have a bunch of guns in the house and a volatile person with addiction issues, get the guns out of the fucking house. Yeah. 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 Yeah, That was actually going to be my next question is, Mm -hmm. were they gun people? Like how? He's an outdoorsy type. Okay. Like if you look at, it's kind of astonishing. You look at like the guy, Phil Hartman, who he was, like he was into music he designed album covers wow as an artist he has a bunch of old like kind of hippie photos and i think yeah it was like it seems so phil hartman it's not true but like leaves us down like i'm gonna do some acting and a lot of fly fishing like <laughs> that kind of guy nice um yeah. but i i love him so much and like and it's it's for everything it is it is for everything he's ever done but even after the big stuff which i'll talk about in a second every time he showed up in a movie it always got a little more fun. He was either a really dependable way to deliver serious exposition that still made me smile or over the top and funny. And you know, I, like, according to younger folks, like Jingle All the Way is a fucking classic. And part of that is a huge role from Phil Hartman in that film. Uh, I went to go see the movie House Guest with Sinbad. Wow. Day one, because <laughs> Phil Hartman was in it. Because like, it, it seemed like his biggest role at that point. But I love him in Blind Date. And I love him in fucking Coneheads. I love Phil Hartman and fucking everything. Everything he's in. We talked about Dennis the Menace. He's the voice of like every character on that Dennis the Menace cartoon show. Wow. Including Mr. Wilson doing his Walter Matthau. Um, he was he was so dependable, both as I mean, he's a he's a great straight man. Mm-hmm. And you always need that in comedy. You need to have the guy who can just be be, you know, 
Hi, I'm authority figure type guy, and then wacky things will happen around oh my me. God. And he was always good at that. He was, but also doing oh. it in a oh, slightly over the top way that you know is think of like the Troy McClure kind of way. Right? Like, huh. Yeah. That's where I was just going with it because, in a more positive note, you might remember him from The Simpsons. Troy McClure probably uh, oh, just he yeah he died. We lost one of the most important Simpsons, some of the most important Simpsons characters ever. Uh, but you might remember him from Troy McClure. You may remember me from such movies as Cry Yuma and Here Comes the Coast Guard. The Revenge of Abe Lincoln and the wackiest covered wagon in the West. You tell me when to stop this because nothing... Like, <laughs> like once a month when I'm sad, I'll go and like look up Troy McClure movies and they just make me smile. Aww. They are so much fun. I'm going to do a little more. Buck Henderson, Union Buster, <laughs> and Troy and Company's Summertime Smile Factory. <laughs> Handle with care. Today we kill, tomorrow we die, and Gladys the Groovy Mule. Calling all Quakers. <laughs> Lead paint, delicious but deadly. And here comes the metric system. Mothballing your battleship. And dig your own grave and save. <laughs> the erotic adventures of Hercules. <laughs> Dig your own grave then and save. I hope. I hope Talking <laughs> Simpsons is carrying on the legacy of trying to capture every Phil Hartman performance because he wasn't just Lionel Hutz and Troy McClure. He every time he's in an episode, he usually did like two or three more unnamed characters. So I, that was my quest when I was on the show. But hopefully they're carrying that on. Uh, love Troy McClure. But uh, I'm still at the time. I was like, well, The Simpsons has what a couple of years left mm-hmm. because Lionel Hutz is such a great vehicle for comedy and yep. so important in so many of these wacky schemes that yep. end up with law breaking which is like most of them and just to, to not have that door as a possibility you can't open that door right. again it's and they, so they couldn't even give the simpsons a new lawyer really like a new funny lawyer no. they still don't have one and uh, that's that's an act of respect mm. i'm not wearing a tie at all <laughs> my favorite moments from the show God i damn. want a bad court thingy <laughs> yeah that. um uh, sweetest of the brown liquor. Uh, anyway, anyway, Simpsons is awesome, but uh, I'll always love him for his just his gifted performances on SNL. And I believe yep. they called him the glue. That was the nick because mm-hmm. it's sort of he could hold sketches together, and that's why his blooper reel is my favorite because he there's like one aired break from Phil Hartman. He doesn't break. Mm-hmm. He is very serious. He delivers the most ridiculous shit with the utmost soap opera sincerity. He can be over the top. He can play Frankenstein. <laughs> I think that's my favorite. I've only seen like maybe twice where he corpsed, but him corpsing as Frankenstein is probably the best. Because at some point he's got to stand up, go rah, and like break through the set. And you can see his shoulders are sort of moving, but it's really hard to go rah when you're laughing. <laughs> or sing a song. I think that's the one time he broke. He's has to sing as Frankenstein next to Tonto and Tarzan. Um, but I don't. The clip I, I come back to. I, I have is the DVD, his best of from SNL, and it has bloopers on it. And it was awesome to see him break. And it's just one of my favorite dumb little characters that gets pretty big laughs. It's a it's a parody of a share infomercial about her new shampoo. It's a very dated mm-hmm. reference that did happen. Mm-hmm. Yes, share had a shampoo infomercial. But his job was to play like the horrible actor doctor guy, <laughs> and and this is just my favorite moment of him him breaking that you can only see on the DVD or uh, YouTube. I don't know if Lori told you, <laughs> but her new hairspray is alcohol free. Amazing! Oh, wow, amazing! And that's good, right? Yes, and I'll tell you why. 
An unfortunate side effect of alcohol is stickiness. Also, it's bad for the environment. <laughs> Fucking its dress. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> And he just turns to the camera. Just, oh, I love Phil Hartman so fucking much. I, I recently got his, I, I read his biography, which came out a few years ago. And I think uh, a very posthumous album um, of TV channel based sketches that he uh, did mm-hmm. uh, that only came out a few years ago. But I guess we have to stop talking about Phil Hartman. Do we have to? He's just the greatest. Never. He's the greatest. It's the, it's the most tragic celebrity death. Um, one of the most tragic celebrity deaths I can think of. It wasn't, wasn't an accident. It just wasn't senseless. by his own hand. Yeah, it's just yeah. difficult yeah. to understand. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but by by all, uh, all all reports, his kids, you know, did okay. Unfortunately, yeah. they were in the house. Uh, they were nine and six at the time. Oof. Um, didn't see anything or hear anything. They pretty much just woke up and cops are there. But uh, I think they went to live with relatives. And uh, his daughter was at the SNL 40th anniversary thing. And and by all, by all accounts, a great great guy that yeah. everybody yeah. loved. Everybody loved working with. That like he was he got his comedy start in the Groundlings before he was on SNL. So he was like the teacher to like half the cast of SNL for like the next couple of years. Everybody loved Phil Hartman. So warm. Included. Everything yep. about him is just warm. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't think he ever had more than one haircut. So you'll recognize Love him in almost anything he's in. <laughs> Love that. Uh, Phil Hartman, man, R.I.P. You're still missed. Uh, so are you, Jerry Hall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the king of segways. Um, Great job. Because she left the Spice Girls. What? <gasps> mm. Oh, God. Uh, yes. Was there reason? Everyone was shocked. Yeah, like... I'm going to have to process this one. Yeah, like, you guys can't do anything on your own. And we it's were all Spice right. Girls, right. not Spice Gal. You can't just be a Spice, a female <laughs> Spice. That doesn't work. Especially not the baby one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's going to be a real sad act come, like, 2028. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It's already uh, kind of sad. I, feel I like. think she's back with him on whatever reunion thing yeah. they're doing. Um, but yeah, that wasn't. I, I would say yeah, it was short lived. Because like this is like I mean, it's the height of Spice Mania. We had, their movie came out a little while ago, and they're still making a ton of money, and everything's going great. And all of a sudden, <gasps> she's leaving. Well, that's why I wanted. I was curious about. It. I meant to look into it. That like, was there a reason behind this? I don't remember a reason given other than like Spice Girl. You know, made they made waves. They were popular. And like, did you know this girl was in Playboy? Before she was famous, uh, we can't celebrate a popular person <laughs> such as this. And like, I hope that wasn't the reason she had to leave the Spice Girls. Uh, that no, wasn't. People I don't knew. think so. Previously to being in the Spice Girls, I remember reading something explaining that yes, Jerry Hollowell had been a topless model and Turkish game show hostess. Ooh, yeah. which who hasn't these days? Though? I feel like this missing from my CV so much. Right, I got work to do. I need a game show in <laughs> Turkey. You need I'm to get on that. Well, I think thanks to Phil and Jerry, this is the longest we've ever talked about the news in 1998. Mm-hmm. But come on, people, get back with us. We're going to talk about the movies of 1998. <laughs> movies uh, aren't going to cheer you up at all. No. <laughs> May 25th to the 31st, Godzilla is number one at the box office, and the world is terrible. Oh. Unless you went to go see Curse of the Puppet Master? Is that the fourth Puppet Master movie? I think so. I don't know. I, dumb. I was always a demonic toys guy, so I don't. I just don't know. And uh, oh goodness, uh, I got the hookup, which I saw in theaters. Masterpiece, second full-length motion picture, masterpiece of no limit fame. For sure. some reason, as I was moving, my dad brought over here. I thought you might want this. It is my talking masterpiece oh, doll. Right. Right. <laughs> 
Uh, you'll never, you'll never guess what he says. And he's just dressed like an army man, so it just it could look kind of like anybody because it's not very articulated. But it's just, it's just a no limit chain on it. Anyway, to, uh, Anthony Johnson and Tommy Tiny Lister and I got the hookup. Who you looking for, Mr. Goldstein? That's me, baby. I'm Mr. Goldstein. When Black and Blue scammed a truckload of cell phones, Hello? they hooked up the entire neighborhood. Show this whole been a businessman. But now the mob and the feds want to put them out of business permanently. We got to disappear. Master P, AJ Johnson, Ice Cube, Snoop Doggy Dog. I've got the hookup. I'll be there with a black shirt, no boxing drawers. Say what? I feel vindicated from last week's pronunciation. Snoop Doggy Dog. Snoop Doggy Dog. Yeah. And and I remember this. My friends and I, uh, not so much me, because like that no limit shit got real tired. Um, because mm-hmm. a lot of it was really bad. But masterpiece, I'm about it. Did anybody see that? Mm-mm. Before yeah. YouTube, before even like torrenting or Kazaa, masterpiece had a really, really like hyper low budget, pretty terrible movie that he kind of made and self-financed on his own called I'm About It. And due to the nature of what it was, like a movie that didn't get shown in theaters, it could never be shown on television, it was always like $39.99 at like Musicland and Sam Goody's. There was one or two copies in every video store and they were always gone. So it became this cult film, this underground cult film that most people were looking for. So if it seems like Masterpiece not a great actor, why is he in a movie? Because... His movie, Low Key, is one of the most popular things in the VHS underground right now, and most fucking white people don't even know. That's why he gets a ma- major motion picture film. I got the hookup. I think it, was, it wasn't his last, but like the last time he was the star and mm. writer of something like that. Um, I just saw... Uh, anyway. It's so hack, but man, those cell phones. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. It's real hack to talk about, oh, cell phones. They're so crazy. They don't huge. even flip. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. now, though, i have done. Out, uh, you fall off a truck and they just work. They There's just work. Like yeah, you just turn them on. Like, the good old days. Network. It wasn't even a burner. It's a scorcher. It's just Oof. supposed to live that short. Um, Jesus Christ. Man, this is still going to get more depressing the rest of this, <laughs> rest of this segment. Yeah. <sighs> Speaking of dead SNL greats, um, <sighs> good lord! This is and this sucks because I really wanted to see this. Uh, I loved Chris Farley. You know who else I loved? Me too. Christopher Guest. Me too. Christopher Guest. And hey, in hindsight, Matthew Perry and Bokeem Woodbine and Eugene Levy. Uh, but to make a period comedy, almost heroes, um, starring all these people, directed by Christopher Guest. It did not fare well. Mm. Nope. But this is it for Chris Farley. This is his last thing. Yep. Because we already talked about Dirty Work, right? That was his other posthumous release. Yeah, I wanted this to work, too. I love the idea of, uh, of, I mean, period comedy is fun. And, you know, there's there's a lot of different sketches you could do with the idea that it's, um, which adventure is it? Fuck. Why can't I remember their names? Lewis and Clark. Lewis and Clark. God, why was I stuck on (laughs) Which adventure is it? I like that. Which American (laughs) adventure are we referring to? (laughs) So many. Uh, the Poseidon yeah. Adventure. Yeah. <laughs> I saw I saw a cool uh, Lewis and Clark exhibit at the Muter Museum in Philadelphia. I got to throw that out there, because which is the Medical Oddities Museum. Yes. And they had this whole thing about it. Like, they can figure out where they stopped because they were taking, like, mercury for VD and stuff. So <laughs> sure. Yeah. They can, they, they can find their, like... I'm taking control. asbestos for my HPV. <laughs> like yeah, pretty much. It's like everyone's got syphilis, and so they're all, like, taking like, mercury for it. What do we do for it? I don't know. Oh, this? Oh. Yeah. You can figure out where the latrine was, because there's all this mercury in just this one spot. 
Wow. Oh, oh my God. God. I've always wanted to go to the Mütter Museum. It's so good. Yeah. Oh man, the mega the colon. Yeah. I can't so, wait. They left a <laughs> anyway. They left sorry. a breadcrumb trail like a dying T one thousand. Yes. Jesus. Exactly. With syphilis. But you know so, now, now that it, the clips I've seen from Almost Heroes, like they're cute, and the idea that like they're traveling, so they meet up with this tribe, they meet up with this problem. It's like there's a, so much potential there, and it's, it's uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think I it was a pretty troubled production i think with a lot of budgets being cut i remember reading something along those lines and obviously like reshoots are like completely out of the question which a lot of comedies get the luxury of um but it, it doesn't make me think outside of another period i can't think of any well-regarded period comedies anyway. yeah i'm trying to think myself and i really can't yeah they're almost always think of any yeah, they're almost always too high concept um yeah. but here's a little bit of almost heroes we're about to embark on an unprecedented adventure to the great north west now get in the boat! It's a journey through uncharted wilderness. Oh, oh. Tell the men what they might expect to encounter. Once there was a hawk. <laughs> Pluck the man's eyeballs out of his sockets. <laughs> Fear will be our breakfast. Oh, everybody loves Yee. it when fatty falls down. Yikes. That is, it's a Chris Farley line. He, he, I he know, I know, phrase. I know, I know. Yeah, it's like, and, it, and I, I would posit, if you've seen Coneheads, I said this before, he shows some pretty remarkable acting ability when he's not like playing to the rafters. Mm-hmm. Like we we missed out on a ton of great Farley stuff, and that bugs the shit out of me. God, see, damn. this is the stuff that I I just why I didn't like Chris Farley at the time is because this was like all I was seeing was yeah. the basic him just being Matt Foley like mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, but like, like you think a Tommy boy it. though. Like what other person could embody that character with that much fucking heart? Yeah, and, like, Tommy and that, boy that funny. So good. Tommy boy's amazing. So good. This could have been super good too. And again, Christopher Guest. Yeah, like, I know. Holy yeah. shit! We haven't even. It's waiting for Guffman happen. It's happened. Um, but uh, yes, that was not the number one movie. This would be one of the, I think, the top grossing movies of the entire summer. Uh, Sandra Bullock, Harry Connick Jr., uh, Gina Rollins in Hope Floats. Sometimes when you're starting over. Don't look back, sweetheart. It's bad luck. There's no place like home. You look just awful. Well, I feel awful, Mama. Well, you look it. 20th Century Fox presents a story about following your heart. What would you have to say if I'd ask you out? What's the matter with you? I'm a married woman. And, and you promise me this isn't Sweet Home Alabama. You guys, I fucking love this movie. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Okay, so I've seen this movie a million times, especially during my middle school and high school years, but I went back and rewatched it recently because I was like, oh, good. Let me mm-hmm. make sure my fave is not problematic. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not problematic, y'all. No, so it's really sweet. It's just southern and sweet and very quiet. And there's some funny jokes and there's good work in there by Jenna Rollins mm-hmm. and Harry Connick Jr. during this time when we were being sold a bill of goods about Harry Connick Jr. Yeah. that he's an actor <laughs> and also a love interest. Yeah, he finally ran out of old standards to cover. But yeah, still wants so to be he's relevant. like, let me try this. He's <laughs> fine. Sandra Bullock is being very charming. Mae Whitman, who is a fantastic actress, by the way, and a fantastic Egg. child actress. Like Her? Yeah. Egg? <laughs> Egg? Yeah. <laughs> no, she's excellent. I was really? watching it um, just a couple days ago, and my husband, Sam, came in and was like, oh, what are you watching? And I kind of told him, and then he was like, good God, this child actress is amazing because she has to do a lot of work because it's about her parents divorce and Mm -hmm. blah 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 i don't know may whitman yeah y'all she's a singular talent but yeah sorry this movie is sweet cute 
a nice Would mood. we call it just like a romance? Is that yeah. it? It's just a romantic movie, you know? It's just okay. like nothing too flashy. Checked off a lot of boxes for, let's see, 13-year-old Sarah is that in that it ends with a Brian Adams song. <laughs> oh, my. Everything I do. It's not that one, oh, but it's another one. Also, oh, I uh, hope it's Summer Where We 69. No, not that mm-hmm. one either. Another one that you would also recognize. I can't remember the name of. There's not another Brian Adams song. There's a Run good... to You. Yeah, that's the only other one I know. <laughs> All for Love from the Three Musketeers soundtrack. <laughs> you guys, see, you know so much about Brian I Adams. Yes, I do. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, there's also a Garth Brooks song in there that really does some work. Yeah. Rope in the Wind. Standing outside the fire, what are you talking about? See, speaking you of songs. You know so much about these what I, artists. What I remember is that I thought it's a beautiful and bizarre choice. All the marketing uh, materials had lives lightning crashes in it. Yeah, this is bizarre to me because, I, like I said, I've seen this movie a million, million times. I don't think I've ever seen the trailer until now. Why? Well, I, Why is that song in it? But it, it, it played well in like... That song was about three years old, and because it was in all the commercials and trailers, like it kicked up that song on the radio again, which I only remember huh. because it didn't stop and live had broken up for a long time, and then it had it had the word crash in it, so it got taken off the playlist after nine eleven. But, um, that's right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. To make you feel my love, that's the Garth song. I've never, I never seen this film. I knew nothing about this film. I was super turned off of this film because I remember for some reason, I must have been like home from the summer for college or whatever, that my dad telling me, oh, yeah, I saw this movie, uh, Hope Floats, Hope Floats uh, on the plane. Yeah, you know what else floats? Shit. Shit floats. <laughs> okay. Uh- <laughs> it's terrible. Wait, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess, is her name Hope or Floats? Uh, neither. Oh, really? Yeah, her name's Birdie. <laughs> Birdie. Sandra also, Floats. as we were watching... Damn it, Floats, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to marry me, Floats. <laughs> I want to be a floater, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, as I was watching the opening credits this to this, I saw, what? A Forrest Whitaker film, yeah, y'all. You believe it. I it's, this di- it's directed by Forrest Whitaker. Damn right it is. What? What the fuck? My, I assume the Forrest Whitaker. I no, don't think there's more than one. He's directed stuff. It just seems like a bizarre choice he for does Forrest a, Whitaker. He does a good job. God damn. Also, wow. there's the whole... I'm sorry. I'll stop talking about him in, in a second, but I just love this movie so much. Jenna Rollins plays the mother. She's great. She also like basically does amateur taxidermy in her home, <laughs> and it is a really cute running joke. I think that sounds solid to me. Yep. Uh, and I'm going to get indulged All in the right. TV segment. So I like Jenna Rowland, so okay. Yeah. Uh, well, that takes us out of the films of uh, 1998, May 15th, May 25th to the 31st. A um, bunch of uh, TV conclusions here. Um, the tragedies continue. Yep. Uh, Naked Truth, which wasn't bad. I didn't have any specific memories of it other than like, this Tay Leone is pretty fucking good. Oh, it's the Tay Leone one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I uh, get it confused with Just Shoot Me. <laughs> well, that one lived for a while. Yeah. But uh, Naked Truth, I think, was like kind of if not critically hailed, like everyone's like the Say Leone is awesome. Like she should probably star in more things. Well, and she would. Yeah. Uh, May 26th, Soul Man. <laughs> show the Dan Aykroyd pre-show that no one had anything good to say about uh, concludes after one season. <laughs> uh, but on May 31st, I would say I'd probably be able to put this into one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, Same. Let me cue that music. That sign says applesauce. <laughs> Joking. It says applause. Now, Get ready to have a good time, because the better you are, the better Larry is. I love it so much. I love the Larry Sanders show so goddamn much. Me too. Uh, yes. Yes, mm-hmm. it's so good. 
And um, like we talk about, I think it, it bums me the fuck out. This is like little Chris, like, oh, I like a show my dad likes. This almost never happens. And I, I get this. I, I like a show that's critically hailed that hadn't really happened before. Uh, but I really, really like the Larry Sanders show. And I loved it so much. It went off the air. HBO comedy, if you knew someone like fucking Sam's parents may have had like H the HBO comedy channel. If you had an amazing cable package, you could see it. Uh, it never streamed anywhere. It never completed. It had one season released on DVD, and because of the nature of the language and the content, it could not be aired on any other channel. Mm -hmm. I think Bravo tried to show a sanitized version of it for a while, and the show's legacy, in my opinion, disappeared before it had to. Yeah. In the United States, when I got a job at a British company, they were like, the UK plays the Larry Sanders show every day, and everybody mm -hmm. loves it, and Gary Shandling is kind of a household name over here. Like, oh, thank God, there's fucking justice in the world. Yeah. That's uh, so funny. That, that dovetails to one thing I was going to say. So we're at the end of May, so this is, I'm about to leave the UK after leaving, living oh. there for a year. Oh, wow. And I was really disheartened because I had one person I knew that had a TV and not a TV license, so it was super underground, yo. What? What does it even mean? You need to you need to pay for a TV license. Are you kidding? Over there, and that supports the BBC. Huh? Oh, okay. All of yeah, them? So, I can't support all of them. Yes, all of them. <laughs> um, so we had, yeah, we we had a, a TV. Just like I hope they don't catch us because they have like they'll with the detectors. They'll try to find you. Um, really? Wow. But we're, so I'm seeing what's on British TV though. And I was super disheartened because they were getting Jerry Springer. I'm talking to people from rural Cornwall who've never met a black person. And this is like their impression Ooh. of what America is like. It's just a bunch of fat screaming black women Yikes. and a lot of rednecks fighting. <laughs> and I was like, really depressed. Like, oh, God, this is what they think of us. Mm. And I saw, oh, shit. But they all love Larry Sanders. They're getting Larry Sanders. OK, we're OK. <sighs> At least there's that. Yeah, I remember tor torrenting the show or pirating it finally because it it only recently became available on DVD and only even more recently became available. Like after Gary Shandling died, HBO's like, they, they don't technically own the show. I think that was part of the problem. Mm. Like every show HBO shows now is their production. It was like a Columbia production. So like it didn't stream on HBO Go or HBO Now. And after Gary Shandling died, they're like, this will not stand. We're going to get the rights to Larry Sanders show and stream it on HBO platforms from here on out. I watched it about five years ago, though, mm. on... Hulu or something. Oh, so that, it was it somewhere. It was somewhere. But it just sure. it took a long break in like okay. in and just because of the nature of like what is it like fucking 140p pal standard definition. It's it's not a pretty show. No. Uh, Larry Sanders show is Gary Shandling, uh Jesus, Jeffrey Jeffrey Tambor, is it Penny, Penny Johnson, Rip Torn, Scott Thompson, um Penny what's her name? Oh, I forgot her fucking name. Sarah Silverman. Uh, Sarah Silverman. Jeremy Piven in a season oh, or two. Yeah, right. um, Wallace Langham. Uh, Jesus, like so many really, really funny people yeah. uh, on the show about a fictional talk show host. And um, yeah, Gary Shandling, just like Seinfeld, um, decided to end the show while it was still good and mm -hmm. people still liked it. So mm -hmm. like it was what like Seinfeld but not felt by the rest of the world. Everybody was really bummed about it. Like the show hadn't gotten bad yet. There wasn't a reason to root for a demise and it just kind of ended. After the, after six seasons on HBO, I believe it did not approach Seinfeld numbers in the finale, uh, but it did stellar HBO numbers. And part of that was a star-studded one-hour finale, uh, which guest stars include Greg Kinnear, Tom Petty, Bruno Kirby, Clint Black, Sean Penn, Carol Burnett, and I think... It had the two hottest guest stars you could have on something for just a second because of how much everybody just loves and respects Gary Shandling. So you have this character who didn't guest star in a lot of shit. I think had just barely been an SNL uh, host, but was uh, great on talk shows. So who doesn't want to see 
Jim Carrey on a fictional talk show. Yeah. And he, he just, he sings Larry a song, jumps all over the place, hugs him. But what one of the things that the show did is like, you'd see the on camera performance and then the, like, there we go. We got to go to commercial. No, no flipping. No flipping. <laughs> and then the cameras would like, the, the like steady cams would roll up and you'd get the behind the scenes and what the talk show guests actually talk about. And this is Jim Carrey talking to Gary Shandling. I don't know. Fantastic. Let's just cut the crap, Larry, okay? You never liked I, my work. Huh? Until I, I got hugely famous. That is not true. I happen to... I've what are you going to do a... now? Movies? I'll crush you. <laughs> I... Are you doing a bit now? Larry, we're off the air. This is real life now. Can I be honest with you? Yeah. I'm here for three good reasons. Last show, big ratings, movie coming out. Bim, bam, boom. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be sitting home watching Nightline. As usual. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never seen Jim Carrey play the dick before. Uh, but it's 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 slightly overshadowed by the, the Seinfeld finale happening like a week beforehand. Yeah. Mm. And if you watch the early, uh, like I think it's the first or second season of Larry Sanders, like they just, the Seinfeld set is on the same lot. So they just walk. You can see all the Larry Sanders cast members walk over to the Seinfeld set. It's kind of surreal, like walking around in Jerry's apartment. Um, but yes, uh, the biggest star of that fucking moment of this week still was on the Larry Sanders show finale. Jerry Seinfeld also appeared in the finale of Larry Sanders show. My God. What, a, what an unexpected, what a pleasant surprise for you well, to come by. I just wanted to come by and let you know that we're going to miss you and to say goodbye, and I think you're really doing the right thing. <laughs> uh, I, don't know, I thought that was so cool, that like you know, sharing, the, sharing the spotlight with Seinfeld. As far as finale goes, that's television. Jesus Christ, the Larry Sanders show is great. Track it down. I, like I don't know. Did you ever listen to recent, most recent Gary Shandling interviews? Yeah. I love the show because I thought it was one of the meanest things I've ever seen. Yes. And he had some real Zen Buddhism way of describing like, no, I'm just like, that's the desperation of show business as I saw it. I'm not that person. Nobody I know is that person, but you show glimmers of it when you work in this awful fucking business. And it was like a release valve to like let off those worst aspects of your personality and like put it into a fictional character instead of into the world. Or it yeah, could be much more destructive. I don't think anybody mm-hmm. would call Gary Shandling a fantastic actor, but I totally thought he was Larry Sanders for the longest Me time. Too. It couldn't be further from the <laughs> truth. Yeah, apparently, completely the opposite. Um, yeah, oh. I love I love the show, and I love Gary Shandling. It's a great it's, guy. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a great show. Check it out, uh, but don't have to check out video games. First one I mentioned all show: Jersey Devil, yeah. an ugly 3D middling platformer for the PS1 that I did not play. Um, but that is pretty much it for uh, 1998, May 25th to the 31st. We still got 2008 to handle, people. So let's go out with a little Phil Hartman. Monorail song. You know it. We'll be right back. What about us, Brendan Slobs? You'll be given cushy jobs. Were you sent here by the devil? No, good sir. I'm on the level. The ring came off my pudding can. Take my penknife, my good man. I swear it's Springfield's only choice. Throw up your hands and raise your voice. Monorail. What's it called? Monorail. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? 
then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first and see and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. This kid is 11 years old. I finally, like, over drinks. I'm like, we should we should let your kid watch Deadpool. So you think so? I'm like, yeah, we should let your kid watch Deadpool. It's just, it's just some, like, sucking and swallowing jokes he won't really get. And, like, yeah. within the first couple of minutes, I'm like, wow, I really forgot about how violent this movie was, like, right at the onset. And <laughs> his reaction was like, Oh my god! With a big smile on his face because he's never seen that level of on-screen violence before in a movie. But that was his reaction to the first Deadpool, as well as hiding under a blanket during all these sex and nudity sequences. I also oh, yeah. forgot about in the first Deadpool movie. Like, oh, yeah, that's part yeah, of the R rating too. Within like the first thirty minutes, <laughs> which I'm happy to explain to him, but because he spent a lot of time explaining Sonic.exe to me, so it's only fair. <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea, it's time for Diana's Classic Corner, where we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of May 25th through 31st, eh, not really, but we can we can talk about stuff. Uh, 75 years ago this week, in 1943, we had two films release that are... Wh- how could studios let this happen? Okay, because we have Mr. Big starring Donald O'Connor and Mr. Lucky starring Cary Grant. One of those is more famous than the other one. Neither of them is very famous. And the studios really should have thought that one through. I'm not going to recommend either of them. Uh, but 50 years ago this week, we do have a fun cult film, um, especially if you're into hippie exploitation or biker exploitation. 50 years ago, 1968, we had the release of Wild in the Streets, this terrifying movie about what would happen if we lowered the voting age and they elected a rock star president and everything went straight to hell. Because why would you elect someone president? Just because they're like famous, but not qualified in any way shape or form you know i'm gonna go get a headband and uh some groovy biker friends because maybe it's all coming back i don't know but my actual recommend this week is i you can't not have seen an episode of larry sanders and call yourself a fan of anything frankly just go watch an episode of larry sanders there's some great ones the one first one with david Duchovny is is a lot of people's favorite or if you're not super into that, uh, the documentary a couple months ago from HBO, Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling, directed by Judd Apatow, is an interesting look at the person, because he's an interesting guy. Uh, lost him, what, last year? But, oh my god, there's... I don't know if I've seen a bad episode of Larry Sanders, and there have been some that I literally almost beat myself. So, that's my recommend for this week. Please go watch some Larry Sanders show. It holds up great, and uh, I love it. And that's it for this week. Stay classic. I'm hoping that this ain't too hard to believe Cause baby you're the only one for me I know it get hard when I'm moving in and out of state Mm, Baby, coming in with Usher 
Here I Stand. This will take us into 2008, uh, May 25th through the 31st. This is the title track off of Usher's album. Uh, is it number one this week, Di? Uh, it's not number one. Love in the Club off of Here I Stand. It was number one a little while ago, but, you know, just keeping it consistent. It is It is the slow jam intro week. Every single <laughs> intro has been a slow jam. I like it. I like it. it. Smooth 2008, May 25th through the 31st. This looks almost like a typo, like the wrong person's name got on the album. Bring You Back to the Brink by Cyndi Lauper. What? Yeah, it's an electric dance album from Cyndi Lauper. <laughs> okay. And it got pretty good reviews. I listened to some of it and it's like, yeah, this is fun. Uh, nothing to no, prove. I do not love her. She's, she's the best. <laughs> she, wrote, she wrote one of my favorite songs about masturbation. So, yeah. I had some. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We all bop. Uh, nothing to prove by H2O. Alive and transported by Toby Mac. Uh, Monstability. Uh, Nation Business by uh, Speed Not Mobsters. Lollipop <laughs> by Lil Wayne is still number one in, in the charts. Uh, 2008, May 25th, the 31st, Newsishness. Uh, Nepal abolishes the monarchy? You never hear about shit like this until after the fact. And then you find out, wait, what? Yeah, uh, May 28th, 2008, uh, the Nepalese parliament basically voted, we're going to abolish the monarchy. And they gave the king, like, two days to vacate. They're like, get out of our house. <laughs> Goddamn. Whoa. Um, I mean, the monarchy in Nepal had been shaky for a couple years because the king was not really anyone that anyone thought was going to become king. Because in 2001, the crown prince went and shot a bunch of the royal family. So we have, like, a modern-day Joffrey on our hands? Almost, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he literally, he shot his, I think his dad, his mom. He shot, like, a couple brothers. He, he he shot up the place because, Whoa. like, they didn't like his girlfriend or something. Good for you, Nepal. That's I've not felt good about America in like two years, but I guess, at least it's not <laughs> that's not happening yet. Yet, uh, movies 2008, May 25th to the 31st. Saving Grace, uh, Julianne Moore no. and Eddie Redmayne. No. Savage Grace. Savage Grace. My bad. Savage Grace uh, with Julianne Moore and Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne's been around for ten years. Hmm. Oh yeah. So I couldn't find. Um, a trailer for this that that made it simple and clear. Mm-hmm. I'm I think I'm going to watch this movie because it sounds insane. Um, it is based on a true story of Julianne Moore, who is an heiress to like the Bakelite fortune, which is already like as as a classic whatever antique nerd. You got my attention. <laughs> Bakelite, Bakelite was like an old timey plastic that's yeah. valuable. Yeah, it's showing um, up a lot now. In yeah, so she cool is playing this heiress. And Eddie Raidman is her son that she might be sleeping with. What? Or they might, now I'm in. They might be sharing a lover. <laughs> what? And like, but you're my stepmother. There seems to be a three-way going on in the trailer. Mm, but mm, it's mm, very, mm. like, I think it's in, like, the 40s or 50s. Everything's very classy and mid-mod and... Sweaty and untrimmed. Ugh. <laughs> what? Sorry, I could only think of the Put one angle. Put your pants back on, Chris. Oh, sorry. God dang it. Sorry. And the reviews were sort of, eh, but it looks classy AF, so I might have to watch it now. <laughs> well, I, mean, uh, I love, I love when classy runs into porny. Yeah. That's the best. It's a good so. combo for sure. Yeah. Now, come on. Call me by your name, man. It's like the ultimate classy meets porny. Oh, yes. If I've learned anything from this life, that ladies like banging somewhere comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? I, Come on. I don't care. You're going to get bruises. No. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we also have The Strangers, uh, starring Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman. Speedman! Uh, I've never heard of this film. Really? No. Yes, you have. You yeah, just you don't have. even realize it. The yeah. uh, sequel just came out. Yeah. D- what? Just I- came out. Ten years later? 
Yeah, yeah, the sequel just came out this year. It did? Yeah. With the same people? They're a couple. They're in a house in the middle of nowhere, and yeah. then people just start showing up in masks. They look out spooky. their window, and there's, like, people in masks standing in their yard, like, staring into their window, and then huh. things happen. I assume. I'm too much of a scaredy cat to yeah, watch that's this. Yeah, pretty, it's pretty fucking horrifying. <laughs> I could barely get through your next. I, I, yeah. I don't know if I can get through that. Well, I did see the next film, if you have not heard of The Foot Fist Way. It is Yeah. Fantastic. Why have I not watched this yet? I feel like I've seen parts of it, definitely. It I is. I do love Danny McBride. I, I remember, because like, nobody knew who Danny McBride was. Mm-hmm. And I love, I just love Danny McBride, period, for the characters he plays, for the person he is, but also like... Well, the character he plays. The, the character he plays. Well, he, <laughs> he says he didn't want to be an actor. He wanted to make movies, but right. didn't want to pay, he couldn't pay actors to be in it, so he just decided to and just settled on this character and this is one of the movies he it's it's so ruggedly independent and i remember they sold the dvd in stores like on the cover like will ferrell thinks it's the funniest movie ever yeah. like cuz yeah, that's what this trailer that. is too and is i mean it really? been made a couple of years before because we're going to have danny mcbride in like a big hollywood movie in like a month or so and yeah it just you know hey you make a quality product and you get in front of the right people that's great i mean that's you can make a career that way and it is but it is totally selling it you have to hear this trailer because it's so so weird i've never seen a movie sold like this before last august a film was slipped to will ferrell and adam mckay do you think y'all can handle this taekwondo is a deadly serious killing system since then they have watched it at least 20 times it's the best of all martial arts i hear jujitsu is really good for balance no jujitsu sucks they quote it you're just a man who is overweight has breasts the size of a female. They obsess <laughs> over it. You like to party? I'll give you a call. Mr. Simmons, I really need to go practice my phone. Wow. Do you just feel that? What? I mean, we totally just connected right there. This is so bizarre. I just watched Observe and Report again. <laughs> and it's like very much... It's also by Jody Hill. Jody Hill directed uh, this movie. Brought and they brought us. He brought us a uh, foot fist way. Or mm-hmm. no, uh, sorry, Eastbound and Down. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And he's mm-hmm. very Kenny Powers right here. Yes. And Observe and Report, one of I think the most underrated comedy of this decade that we're talking about. Uh, love that fucking movie. We had a big fight about that when it came out. Do you remember? No. You and I. Did we over what? Because you thought it was Paul Blart. No. Oh. <laughs> Because of the problematic things that were surrounding it when it came first came out. We can talk about it when we come to it, I guess. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> See you next year. Yeah. <laughs> I just watched it with my dad like the other day. It's so yeah. fucking hilarious. You and I definitely fought about it when it came out. I think that was another thing where you start arguing about something you've never seen. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably. Sounds like me. Um, <laughs> and, but th- this Foot Fist Way is a great precursor to all that stuff I really... I love everything they've done since then. Uh, Vice Principals, that HBO show that just ended, fucking fantastic. So good. Uh, but it's it's essentially the same character, but now he's a karate master. And, and <laughs> it, it might feature my favorite breakup sequence of all time. Because I think the movie was supposed to end with him like murdering his, <laughs> murdering his ex or something like that. Instead, he just like pushes her aside, rips off his wedding, wedding ring, and pisses on it in public. what a way to break up that was fucking awesome and yes if I say oh and it was also Danny McBride you'd be like oh that makes perfect sense yeah yeah that makes perfect sense but the foot fist way is the breakthrough of Danny McBride and I'm looking around at the images every single 
poster or cover mentions that like Will Ferrell and Adam McKay love this movie. Yeah, well, they, yeah. I mean, everyone loved Anchorman so much, so why not? Yeah, I guess they were at the height of their powers. Yeah, but, uh, the peak of their powers. Yeah, but Danny McBride, man, I, in my opinion, can do no wrong. I, I still am not tired of him. Love that guy. Agreed. Fucking love that guy. Uh, but that is not even close to the number one movie at the box office. Because I, I mean, didn't we talk, didn't we talk about Hot Rod and, and Danny McBride was in that? It just took Foot Fist Way a long time to get a major release. Anyway, yeah, exactly. It just took it years. Yeah. Because that, like, number one um, with a penis-shaped bullet, um, with a vibrating bullet, <laughs> is uh, the Sex in the City movie. That if my friends and I ever got Nothing our fairy tale endings, oh, that would be the end of the story. Hello. Welcome home, baby. I always knew she'd marry big. You thought that after the second breakup? Yep. After the 15th? Uh huh. We broke up a lot. But real life? 200 people? But don't you want? I want you. That's what I want. Man, uh, Jesus Christ. Sarah Jessica Parker, Kim Cattrall, Kristen Davis. And the future governor of New York, Cynthia Nixon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and Chris Knott. Big uh, Sex and the City movie. I I didn't, I don't know that I saw the season finale, and I do believe I should talk the most about Sex and the City. Yeah, just go so ahead. You, ladies oh, know. Oh, yeah. Sure. No, you, you have the authority. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah. but I will I, I really hated the second movie. Oh, but, the one oh. where they go to. More like, more like Lawrence of My Labia. Lawrence of My Labia <laughs> is a thing I say once a month because it's the best. I think this is one of the best movies. Uh, TV to movie things I've seen ever. It was a pretty good follow up sure. to the show. And it's faithful. I think you are so wrong. Your wrongness should burn really? in your what? face. Keep going. Tell me why. This movie sucks ass. <laughs> and here is why. Okay. And I say this as someone who loves Sex in the City. Oh. I'm and saying as someone who doesn't. They, yeah. They nail why in the trailer. I couldn't believe they actually said it because. They had everything pretty well resolved. You know, things could move off into the future and they made sense on the show. Okay, these people are together. These people are doing this. And then to have this movie, they have to contrive really half-assed ways to undo those things to Hmm. give people plots. Hmm. And they do things really out of character to make that happen. It's Hmm. so goddamn contrived. Plus... I I remember my, my lady friend being mad. You couldn't... You could no longer hold aloft big as this mythic person because you get to see him as a human being in this movie. <laughs> this guy you wanted for so yeah, long is just boring and dull and just a dude. Yeah. And Plus, I like that aspect. Just, just like the second movie, which does it so much worse, but th- this movie also spends a lot of time just staring at luxury goods. <laughs> that is, I mean, honestly, that's my favorite thing about Sex in the City is looking at fancy oh things. Yeah, I know. I, I, so I've spent many years pretending that I like Sex in the City more than I actually do. <laughs> just okay, to get along in conversation. I don't know. I don't know why I do that. But yeah, it just never, I never connected with it on like any sort of emotional level. I think that's probably why I'm like, yeah, this movie's fine because it just like... Well, you've clearly never made a million dollar career as a blogger true <laughs> that's who it connected with yeah hey look and i'm a fan of shit scenes and charlotte shits herself so there okay but it also has jennifer hudson we should mention academy yeah. award winner jennifer hudson gets yes. to show up as and this is a film term a magical negro right yeah <laughs> she gets to show up and fix things for sarah jessica parker and then be like I have no needs or wants of my own. I must go now. My planet needs me. And it's like, Jennifer Hudson, you deserve better than all of this crap. 
I thought we were being generous. Let me fix your life as your assistant who adores you and idolizes you, but yeah, <laughs> fixes your life and then disappears. Yeah, so uh. everyone gets contrived problems that aren't really problems, and then they contrivedly fix them, but not really fix them, because, I mean, you're just sort of papering over what the problem was then. Yeah. And Sarah Jessica Parker spends a whole, whole bunch of time fashion modeling wedding dresses for us and um by the end of the year i should say this kind of movie is going to go out of style as everyone gets yeah. poor yeah <laughs> uh yes because i didn't watch this uh i didn't watch this in the theater i watched it when it came to like hbo or something mm -hmm. so spoiler alert by the time we get to december the entire economy is going to shit the bed uh, just like Miranda did. And uh, <laughs> I'm watching it. And Wait, there's two people you know, shit in this one? Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker says something at, at the end about like, oh, that dog's messing up my throw pillow. That's a $200 pillow. <gasps> and I just yelled, fuck you. Right? I just got laid off. Uh, yeah, oh, I, I have a vague memory of like walking to this movie on the streets of San Francisco where there's like newspaper in every storefront window because every business has now closed down. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, um, rough. We, I didn't know I was going to be the only one to go to bat for this fucking movie. Jesus, I guess nope. I didn't revisit it hard yeah, enough. Yeah. I mean, this at least movie with... plays like a pair. It's what haters think Sex in the City is, mm. is this movie. Yeah. It's not the show. The show is smart. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. But no, if you want to talk about what you like about it, I've said plenty. I said poop. <laughs> I, I like the poop. I said that I like looking at pretty things, so that's... Really all it does for me, unfortunately. <laughs> like but that's why I like the second one even better, even though it is so insane. Because there's, it's like pretty things in a beautiful countryside. Like, even better. I, I like I like a full... And Lawrence of Mylabia. The affirmation <laughs> Lawrence yeah. of Mylabia really just... I dig a full a full decade of seeing Kim Cattrall in full nude always. Thank you for thank you for doing that to young men everywhere. Have you heard the Have you heard her scatting with her husband? N no, is that in the Ooh, movie? Nope, it's just a that's, fun that's YouTube rated trick. R. Yeah, I think and look I think, it up. And I think that's, and then thank me later. That's a, a weird thing and like not to not to. Not to bring up the Entourage movie, but like usually when a TV show makes a movie, it's to go places you couldn't go in the show. And I have yeah. ne never seen an a since Sex and the City and Sopranos. I have not seen an HBO show reined in by a budget. Uh, they can say and show whatever they want. In fact, I would bet I would bet uh, restrictions are more extreme in movie theaters than they are on HBO. So, like, how do you how do you get people excited for that? That's very strange. Mm -hmm. um, but Sex and the City worked enough to get a sequel, and we'll probably never see it again. Um, but moving moving to television of 2008, Sex and City is not on. Wait, unless it is. Holy shit, did you no. ever see a Sex and the City, like, the edited for, like, television version? Oh, yeah. Oh, very yeah. strange. It's weird. Very, very strange. Yeah, um, but this, this is all going to become, like, a snake swallowing its tail, because I believe we have the premiere of the show in 98 coming up in, like, a couple <laughs> weeks. Yes. God damn. Um, May 25th, uh, man, Class of 3000 concludes. What? That's the mm -hmm. uh, cartoon show starring Andre 3000 as a teacher. Hmm. And I ah. only, only remember this because I could have sworn this was announced as an adult swim show and I couldn't be more excited. And like I, like two years later it premieres and it's like, this is just a fucking the kid's cartoon show. This is not for me. God damn it. I wanted to see a fucking cursing show with Andre 3000. Uh, uh, it being have... a kid's show has never stopped you before. No, I know. But at the time, uh, I don't know, Cartoon Network had not found this amazing ground of like anybody can watch pretty much anything on Cartoon Network and look that's not the same you can't say the same for Nickelodeon yeah true adults can't enjoy a lot of that shit um and oh Jesus and the final 
episode slash reunion. Oh, how memorable was this on May 26th? We were, where were you when you heard this? We have a great show for you tonight. All 20 original girls are back for a reunion like you've never seen before. It's our special called the Flavor of Love Reunion After the Lovin'. Flavor of Love Reunion finale. Wow. Oh, oh my God. Is this, is this the one with the, the incident? I don't even know the incident. Was I... it this, are you talking about the spitting? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me more. Oh gosh, is this the one? What's the spitting incident? Um. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Don't at one get of the shy. Unions. Two girls got wicked up into each other's faces. Yeah. And, uh, and then one just hocks the loogie right in the other's face. Well, one is New York. Was it right? sexy? Yeah. And then the other no. one was. <laughs> can't remember the other girl's name. It's difficult. I can see her she's face, a blonde though. girl. Yeah, I'm, she's I can blonde. picture it in my head because pitch- they reran that yep. a million times. I can picture her in my face. I can picture her face in my mind, and I cannot pull her name. Uh, it's, also, I don't think it's a real name. It's so. difficult to remember <laughs> because fucking Flavor of Love is more spinoffs than All in the Fucking Family. Yeah. There's like 16 other shows from featuring cast members of this show. And, and was this like the first of VH1's like kind of like glamorous train wreck reality shows? Ooh, was it? Because I know that mm. I definitely watched the season of uh, Brett Michaels looking for love. But that's and that's like <laughs> Was that before or after? That this? was the signal for me to stop watching VH1. I remember watching The Surreal yeah. Life. I hate they had to call it that. Surreal World was the perfect title. But where Flava Flav came back into prominence and like why not make a dating yeah, show around Bridget this Nielsen. fucking disaster? <laughs> yeah. And uh and it was such a wonderful train wreck. Like almost like three of the girls on like not even three of the girls, like multiple girls got spin-off shows on VH1. So like this I was just like, remember New York. Uh there's yep. there's there's two more. Huh. There's two more. Because hmm. it wasn't called like I Love New York. That was hers. Yeah. Yeah, I think like the, the whole first season cast got their own show after this. Wow. And I and I I should have gotten I that. love that, that they all had so much chemistry and everything that they were like, screw <laughs> the dude. Like, let's give these women a show. Like, they obviously yeah, They're are, the reason why we're more. watching. Let them, yeah, exactly. Let them fight. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's it, we're kind of, I feel, or maybe just hope we're nearing the end of whatever cycle of reality show this was. Because I think also this week was like, an on Bravo is like an hour of unused Real Housewives footage because that's how popular the show was. Yeah, the shit they. It's true. I don't. I can't believe they cut anything. They <laughs> still. They still do that. Given how boring that. After every uh, re, after looking it up. After oh, every sorry. reunion, they still do like hey, the things you didn't see the behind you the didn't scenes. See. I know this because I watched them all. The things. <laughs> the things that weren't interesting last week. Right. <laughs> Continue to be uninteresting, but a fun thing to watch while you're looking at your phone. Yeah, it's just more shit. Uh, I, oh, I've, it turns out this is the the reunion show. This is the last of the flavor, flavor of love, love yeah. third season. It's third and final season. Yes, the one everyone remembers was from March two thousand six. Okay. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. Woo, me too. I don't have to hear about boring. that in the comments. It's gonna be tossing and turning all night. Thirty twenty ten doesn't it? Um, but also, uh, also, oh my goodness, shit. Well, I have this just in. Um, May 29th, Lost Season 4 finale, No Place Like Home Part 2 airs. This is where I'm officially like, I'm seeing this through to the end, but I cannot stand this show anymore. But I had to reach out to an expert. WWE's Heat concludes. Um, this is WWE's third show of the week. A Sunday a Sunday night show. Um, you'll never guess who I asked about it, because he won't let me tell you. But it used <laughs> to be on this show. Uh, it was It ran for a decade. It was only an hour. It started out as a near raw level show with main event dudes, but in the end, it just featured less popular guys, and they'd usually tape it before Raw or SmackDown, the other WWE shows. 
I remember finding it bizarre because it was when wrestling was so popular, they not only gave a third, had a third show on the week that week, just WWE. The, there's still other wrestling shows on. This one went to MTV when I was still watching it. So I'm like, really? MTV's doing the fucking wrestling thing too? I got to wow. wait for this to end? Uh, but yes, WWE Heat closes its doors. Its final episode uh, was uploaded to WWE.com, and I think it was one of its highest highest trafficking things in history. Um, May 30th, I guess this is the networks have closed out their regular programming in the <laughs> Scripps National Spelling Bee airs on ABC, and just in time for summer, the Stanley Cup Finals airs. Uh, the wingy things and the Arctic birds are playing, and I um, one of them won. Uh, <laughs> I love how those are two opposite things: the spelling bee and then the Stanley Cup Finals. Like, <laughs> it, it, it feels like. Are you sure you this know, is nineteen eighty eight? Both are... of the people, like the the contestants, and both of those things are missing teeth. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> uh, Thank you. I got. I got. I got to steamroll this thing at the end. Uh, Mass Effect finally comes to PC. At, the, at for a while, it was just a 360 exclusive. I would call this one of the best new IPs of the previous game generation. Uh, a sweeping, choose your own adventure sci-fi RPG epic. Uh, I thought it was fantastic as a trilogy, but like it's difficult to remember that if you had a PS3, like you're kind of fucked on Mass Effect One for a long time. But PC finally gets support. Commando Steel Disaster hits 3DS, and I never knew this had a, another title. Race Driver Grid comes to everything else. Grid, a really, really great arcade racing game from Codemasters, premieres this week um, on pretty much every platform. That is it for 30 2010. We thank you guys so much and encourage you to drop us a line or a comment at 302010.net. Correct us on anything. Let us know what we missed. We do appreciate that. Once again... We'll be giving out a three-month subscription to Scentbird. You may enter that by going to our Twitter, LaserTime's Twitter, at uh, LaserTime Show, and replying to the Scentbird contest tweet or retweeting with a picture of the thing you think most needs Scentbird. I want to see a picture of the smelliest thing ever. Be as evocative as you can. If you have to Photoshop it, do it. Uh, but I'd really do enjoy Scentbird. Cologne's perfume sent right to you. If you want to save 50% off your first month, you can go to Scentbird, S-C-E-N-T, bird.com slash 30 the word 30 and get 50% off using the code 30 at checkout that is it for us you can find me at uh, I'll, I'm on Twitter very rarely at Cantista you can uh, you can befriend me on Facebook that's fine too uh, Di where can people see you uh, they can see me on Twitter at Le Cine Nerd L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D mostly uh, I'm just criticizing newspaper layout from movies <laughs> which is fantastic it's super entertaining I love it I've been on a tear with those lately I, yeah I've noticed great job can't <laughs> help it it's a bad headline just and the layout sucks it's, well looking at that now makes me like notice whenever I'm watching things now like oh god there's a newspaper <laughs> what's wrong with it um, and, and you can check out our, our sister show, Laser Time, where, which is a lot like this show, multimedia-infused, uh, but topic-based. And this week, Sarah was on the show uh, with, with her partner, Sam, where we talk about moral panics, usually yeah. religious ones that relate to pop culture. Is Batman and E.T. gay? And why? <laughs> Find out <laughs> what on the, Laser Time. <laughs> what the hell is wrong? Why do they have such a problem with Pokemon? We'll figure it out. And the, my favorite title of the whole thing, Rock. It's your decision. Oh. <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I've seen that. It's incredible. It's pretty it, crazy. Um, but Diana, you got to tell us about the deaths. All right. Uh, the deaths in 1998. This week, we lost uh, former presidential candidate Barry Goldwater. He was 89. Screw that guy. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> screw that guy. Modern crazy conservatism goes back to him. 
Mm. And uh, but sadly, though, in 2008, we lost two of the good ones. Uh, Sidney Pollock, actor and director, was 73. Um, he made Tootsie, which is a masterpiece, and also lots of other things. That's and uh, Harvey Corman, he was 81. Let's go uh, watch Blazing Saddles again oh, so for good. Harvey Corman. Yeah. So good. Mm. So good. <laughs> Love that fucking movie. We just saw it Froggy again recently. Just did you Froggy? That's Headley. Uh, and anyway, with the deaths, we gotta get into the births. I'll put this on oh, later. Birthday is a doodly doo, a ding dong okay, birthday quiz this week. Born May 25th, 1939. He's turning 79 years old. Nice. The sex number. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> two-time Oscar nominee. Lifetime film gross of $3.6 billion. He's, and he's alive. And he is alive. Uh, his most recent film, Beauty and the Beast, that's half a billion dollars right there. <laughs> wow. Uh, Beauty so, and the Beast. Uh, uh, Ian McKellen. Good call. Uh, it is Ian McKellen. That what? motherfucker is a main character in three of the most profitable trilogies ever. Sorry, two of the most profitable trilogies. X-Men uh, and, and Lord of the Rings. Oh, wait, and what was the he in Hobbit. Beauty and the Beast? Um, one of the clocks. Uh, he's the clock. No? <laughs> oh, oh, the new Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, the, the dumb one. Gotcha. That we didn't yeah. not I was so going to say, you know, I mean, he was a popular stage actor, but he didn't break into film until his 50s. Mm. And I wanted to say his Richard III is my favorite version of that. Oh, great. I love that movie. That means my ship can still come in. And Patrick Stewart <laughs> officiated his wedding. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like so that they're friends. Uh, I, taking us out, um, we had to argue about it. Diana wanted labels of love. Uh, no, from... I didn't, but it's an option. <laughs> because it's Fergie. in song form, everything I was just ranting about from Sex in the City. It's a song about, I like high-end luxury goods. Farragama, Farragama. Oh, so it's my like, theme song, then. dying. <laughs> but I, like, I had to weigh in, no, we must close out with one of the greatest songs of all time. And that's the Dickies' Killer Clowns from Outer Space. A truly wonderful punk rock circus theme. Uh, I love this song so much. Check us out, 302010.lasertimepodcast.com. We will see you next week. <laughs>